0: It's Christmas Eve, and I want to just begin by taking a scientific poll, if I could. How many of you sitting here tonight, and before you answer this, remember you're in church, so you need to be honest. How many of you still have either wrapping or shopping to do after this service? Let me just see a show of hands. It's okay, you're amongst family here, that's all right. That's okay, this is a safe place. Well, if it's any consolation, with all of the... Christmas preparations and the hoopla and everything that goes on around Christmas, I almost missed a really, really significant milestone this year. And as per usual, it was my bride, Julie, who made sure that I didn't miss it when she reminded me just a few days ago that this year, we as a church, Lake Hills Church, we mark our 20th anniversary. Christmas celebration in existence. I was like, whoa, that's kind of a big deal. 20 Christmases we have celebrated as a church family. I think that's a pretty cool thing. That's pretty significant. And I will tell you, it is really significant if you were around back in those early years when there were about 30 or 40 of us. I mean, it was dicey, but we are so, so grateful. And you know, it's been fascinating to watch how Christmas has developed and evolved over the years. Not only for us as a church family, but it's been true in our family. You know, when we've celebrated that first Christmas as a church, our daughter Emily was barely 3 years old and her little brother Joe had just turned 1 year old. I mean, it was a whole different ball game back then. And now we celebrate Christmas by marking the days off on the calendar before they come home from college. It doesn't even seem possible. I, I remember, man, when we first started the church that first year, I was nine years old, and it just it seems just like yesterday. Um, but it has been fun to have them home and for, for us to have their friends back into our home. A lot of their friends are in school. Some of them actually just started their first semester of college And it was one of their friends who was in our home recently that shared a story with us from her first semester of school that I think perfectly captures Christmas. It seems that her first semester was going really, really well and she was excelling in her classes because she's very, very capable. and, And everything was going great except for one class. There was one class that no matter how hard she studied, no matter how many times she went over and over the material that her scores on her tests and quizzes were not getting up to where she was used to them being and certainly where she knew her mom and dad wanted them to be when she came home at semester break. And her friends kept remarking how easy this class was. And they kept talking about it was going to be the easiest A of the semester. And finally, she, she spoke up and she goes, I how is this class so easy for y'all? I'm not doing well. And one of her friends said, Emmy, you got to understand, man, how are you not doing well? He's taking the questions straight out of the back of the book. And she said, I know, right? What? (laughs) And her friend said, go get your book and I'll show you where the quiz questions are coming from. And, And so she went and got the book and brought it back into her friend and handed it to her and her friend didn't even have to open it up. She she took one look at the cover of the book and she said, Emmy, this isn't our textbook. No wonder you're not doing well. You've been studying the wrong text. How many of us in this room can identify with the fact that the tests are going to be exponentially more difficult if you're reading the wrong text? and that is Christmas. Because God, in his infinite grace and mercy and love, gave us Jesus in order for you and me to to read, to to be able to to follow. You and I who are not morally perfect, you and I who are not God, you and I who are not all-powerful, needed to be able to understand a God who is all those things and God gave us Jesus and specifically the Bible says that Jesus is the text he he is the text embodied in John chapter 1 verse 14 the Bible says this and the word Jesus became flesh and dwelt among us and we have seen his glory we've read him Glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. So so Jesus is who we read. Jesus is the one that we follow in order to move from religion, which anybody can cook up a religion, into a relationship. The relationship that we were created for. The relationship that God designed and desires to have with every single one of us this is christmas the word became flesh and god again because of his love for us has given us this jesus but he's also given us the bible and the bible is a gift from god i think we need to remember a lot of times people look at the bible like man there's a lot of a lot of commandments thou shalt thou shalt not and stuff but Understand that God's given us the Bible, and because God is love, the Bible's a gift. And it's in the pages of Scripture that we come to understand why we have this incredible celebration called Christmas. Why is it that we we string lights and we put up trees and we pick out presents and give gifts? Why do we do that? Because God loves us so much that he chose to become one of us. He he chose to become one of us, and not only one of us, but God with us, Emmanuel, and in his grace. And and so that's why there's this this worldwide celebration and and there are these presents and these gifts and these lights and these trees and these services. And, And, you know, I started thinking about that. And and it caused me to ask the question, with this worldwide birthday party going on, and obviously not everybody celebrates Christmas at its truest meaning or significance, but it is a worldwide party going on right now, who is it that has the most fun at Christmas? Who has, who is it that has the most fun at Christmas? And I, you're probably kind of like I was. The first thing that I thought of was kids. K- kids have them a ball at Christmas, don't they? I think, I know we've got a number of them here tonight. We're fired up that y'all are here. Let me ask you a question. If you're under the age of 12, would you just raise your hand? If you're 12 years old or younger, raise your hand. Hold your hand up high. That's awesome. And we're so glad y'all are in here. You know what I'm talking about. Y'all are having a ball, right? Because some of y'all I've seen tonight and like, Man, you've you know, you got, you got your hair combed, and mom and dad you know, made sure that you were dressed for Christmas services and stayed clean and everything, but I can see it in your eyes. You're kind of like, hey, big fat man's coming down the chimney tonight. <laughs> and those of you who are, you know, your, your kids, you've you kind of been minding your P's and Q's lately, haven't you? Making sure that you're on the nice list, not the naughty list. How many of y'all, let me ask you this question, how many of y'all... Maybe there's an elf on the shelf at home helping mom and dad keep an eye on things, right? Listen, my kids are in college, and we've got an elf on the shelf, so I, I get that. We parents need all the help we can get. But I thought, man, kids kids have a ball at Christmas. But then it I, I got me to thinking some more, and I thought, you know, kids have fun, but, but what about those people who they get like just a once-in-a-lifetime gift, you know, you know like maybe those people, this has never happened to me, but you have you ever seen like those people who they wake up on Christmas morning and it's like a it's like a TV commercial, they go outside and there's a car with one of those big red bows on it. I'm thinking those people have fun at Christmas. I mean, I'm just keeping it real, I'm just saying, and who ties those bows? But then you know it's not just like a car or whatever, but like I know a lot of people get engaged to get married at Christmas and and you know. He put a ring on it, and and you're like, Julie and me, we got engaged at Christmas, and it's kind of like, yes, Merry Christmas to you. How are you? Good to see you again, too. (laughs) And it's not just the ring. It's not just the material value, but it's the the commitment behind the gift. It's that that lifetime love that the ring represents. But then I got to thinking some more. You know, it's not just kids who have a good time at christmas although they do and it's not just people who get like a once in a lifetime gift i I remember when i was eight years old my mom and dad gave me an autographed picture of roger staubach i i I had no idea that this was going to be under the tree and for those of you who are too young to remember roger staubach was a quarterback for the dallas cowboys before Dak prescott drew a breath and when I got up on Christmas morning, this once-in-a-lifetime present, it, it said Roger Staubach. He was dropping back to pass. It was black and white, glossy, and he had signed his name to it. And I was so excited, I almost missed it. And then I looked back at it, and not only did it have Roger Staubach's name on it, he had written on this, on this picture, To Mac, best wishes, Roger Staubach. And at eight years old, I was like, He knows me. Roger Staubach has best wishes for me. (laughs) But it's it's not just the kids. It's not just the people who get the once in a lifetime gift. Because then I got to thinking some more, and and then it hit me. I know who has the most fun at Christmas. I, I know who it is. The people who have the most fun at Christmas are the people who give the best gifts. That's who has the most fun. Because when, when, you know, every now and then we all, you know, you take a swing at Christmas and do the best you can and try to hit everybody on your list and make sure everybody's covered before Christmas morning when the stores are all closed. But when you have really just, I mean, nailed it. Maybe, maybe it's a gift you're giving your kids. Maybe it's a gift that you're giving your husband. Maybe it's it's a gift that you're giving to to a close, close friend that's been there with you through thick and thin, and you've you've thought about that person. You've identified how to communicate how deeply you love them and how much they mean to you, and you've you've purchased the perfect present, wrapped it up, and, and you know that it's coming. You are the person who is having the most fun at Christmas, and if, it's, if you're waiting until Christmas morning, which by the way, Christmas morning is the only appropriate time to open gifts. I just feel as a pastor, it's my responsibility to shepherd you spiritually. Maybe if you have like some special Christmas PJs that are wrapped up, you can open those on Christmas Eve, but if you open gifts on Christmas Eve, do not tell anybody you go to Lake Hills Church. But, but when, you have, when you have chosen the perfect present to give, that's when you have the most fun. I, I know Julie and me, there have been times where we've picked out the gift that, that just that Emily wanted, or just that Joseph wanted, or or maybe we communicated with Santa Claus and we knew what he was bringing on Christmas morning, and we were just like, oh my, here we go. You know, We stayed up late trying to see if he was going to come down the chimney, and then we fell asleep, and... First thing in the morning, man, we are out of bed even before the kids are out of bed. Here we go. It's game on. Because when you give the perfect gift, you have the most fun in the room. But then I I started thinking some more, and and I realized not everybody has fun every Christmas. Sometimes the holidays can be hard. For, for some people, maybe this is the first Christmas without somebody that you love. Or, or maybe, maybe the circumstances didn't line up and you couldn't get home to be with the people you care about the most. Or maybe it's not even about the holidays. Maybe right now you're, you're thinking about the new year and there's so much uncertainty and unknown or, or maybe something's getting ready to happen at work that you're just kind of bracing for and you're just grinding to get through the holidays. But no matter where you are, this Christmas Eve, no matter how excited you are for Christmas or how tough this Christmas may be, God, who loves you and me perfectly, unconditionally, has selected the perfect present for each and every one of us. No matter where you are. The gift of Jesus Christ is exactly what we need, and whether we realize it or not, what we want. And it's fascinating when you think about the way that God presented the gift. You know, we know from the Bible that Jesus, of course, was born in Bethlehem, that little small town there in Israel. And Joseph and Mary had gone to Bethlehem because they they had to be a part of a census that was being taken. Everybody in that country in that part of the world was being counted by the Roman Empire, and because there were so many people that went back to Bethlehem, traffic was a nightmare in Bethlehem. Mary and Joseph, Mary nine months pregnant, could not find a room. In the hotel, motel, holiday inn. There was no room for them. And so they pitched camp in a borrowed barn. And it was there in that borrowed barn that the Bible says the fullness of time came. It means that it was exactly the right moment for this perfect gift to be presented And Jesus was born. Jesus was born because even though Mary and Joseph weren't yet married, they were engaged. And God had told both of them that Mary was going to have a baby even though they weren't married. Even though this was going to be a miracle baby. Because this baby would be the Son of God in human form. And the Son of God was laid in a manger, now we we call it the manger and and that's what it was but understand a manger just means a feed trough, a manger is just what the animals ate out of and that was where the Son of God laid his head but it it was the announcement of this birth, the Bible goes on to tell us that outside of Bethlehem, outside of this little podunk town, there, there were some kind of forgotten shepherds that were just tending their sheep like they did every single night. And while they were out there tending their sheep, an angel, a messenger from God, appeared to them. And the angel started to talk to the shepherds. Look at how the Bible records this moment historically. Luke chapter two, verse 10, and the angel said to them, fear not. Now take a time out just for a second. Don't you think that's a great place for the angel to start? I mean, if you're a shepherd, just put yourself in the shepherd's sandals for a moment. You're out there minding your own business, tending the sheep. It's dark. It's late. You're tired. And a messenger from God, an angel shows up. I really want that angel. I want the first thing out of his mouth to say, fear not. Just don't worry. Relax. In the original language, it's translated more accurately, chillax. Everything's going to be fine. Everything's going to be fine. Fear not. But then he says this, behold. Say, behold. behold. I want you to do me a favor. Turn to your neighbor right now and, with Christmas passion, tell him, Get your, on. Get your behold on. He says, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Now, When the angel said, Behold, that's an old word. We don't use that word very often. You know, just behold, it's just old. I mean, I have never in the history of 25 years of wedded bliss come home from a day at work and said to Julie, my bride, Honey, behold, I am home. (laughs) She'd be like, Awesome, behold, take out the trash. But behold is a big word. It's an old word, but it's important. What the angel was saying to the shepherds, what what God is saying to us 2,000 years later is pay attention. Make sure that you don't miss what's about to be said. More specifically, he's saying be perceiving. Understand something. So the, the angel says, listen, I want you to make sure that you don't miss what I'm fixing to tell you. I want you to grade the gravity of this. I want you to measure the magnitude of what I'm about to tell you because I didn't show up just to give you the weather report for tomorrow. I came to give you good news of great joy, which will be for all people. All people. Now you and I read that and we think, isn't that that's just so lovely? It's for all people. I just I just like the way that that feels. All people, and it is for all people. But there's also something being communicated there that we've got to behold, and that is that all people need a savior. All people need the forgiveness of God that in his grace he provides in Jesus. I do, you do, all God's children need a Savior. And this is good news of great joy for all people. So no matter where you are, you may be a longtime wily veteran of the faith who is more committed and more passionate to Jesus today than you've ever been, and you couldn't wait for Christmas Eve services to get here. And so you're here and you're singing with everything that you've got, whether it's on key or not. Others of us, maybe, maybe you're a longtime veteran of the faith, but but you're kind of re-engaging your faith. You're, you're kind of relighting the fires of this relationship with God that Jesus provides. Others of us in a room like this, there, there's a healthy number of folks who are kicking the tires. You're kind of checking things out, making, just wondering, does the, does the Jesus thing stand up to the rigors of reality? But then there's, there's probably some in this room, I would guess, who are, who are not kicking the tires, but you came in kicking and screaming Somebody dragged you to church and you couldn't come up with an excuse fast enough to tell them, no, I'm not going. No matter where you are, no matter why you're here, this is good news of great joy for all people and it is no accident that any of us is in the room tonight. This is God's gift to us all. But then something really, Really amazing happened in those hills outside of Bethlehem. Verse 13, Luke chapter 2, the Bible says, And suddenly, say suddenly. suddenly. Like, whoa, so, suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. So all of a sudden, this one angel, which was kind of a big deal and maybe a little bit scary in and of itself, was joined by a, a bunch of angels. A, ho- a heavenly host, the Bible says. A multitude. I just kind of picture in my mind's eye it's like a football stadium full of angels. Just showed up. It was the original flash mob ever recorded. But the angels were saying something really, really important. Glory to glory to God in the highest. Then peace on earth among those with whom he is pleased. So, first of all, let, let's make sure that we understand he's God and we're not. Glory to God in the highest. See, the reality is. We like to be in charge. Would somebody help me preach? I'm just I'm just saying I like to be in charge. But the angels at the announcement of Jesus' birth remind us we're not God. You're not God. I'm not God. I don't need that kind of pressure in my life. Glory to God in the highest. You're God and I am not. That is the beginning of peace, not just on earth, but peace in here. Peace in there is recognizing that he's God and and we're not. So glory to God in the highest, then peace on earth. And it starts... It is sustained and reaches its ultimate fulfillment in Jesus. Jesus, who is the Word made flesh. You remember the friend of our family I told you about at the very beginning who was, who was using the wrong textbook? Well, there, there's a little addendum to the story. She did, in fact, go and get the right textbook. And all of a sudden, her grades got a lot better. Her test scores climbed exponentially. Because when you read the right text, you're prepared for every test. Behold, Jesus, behold. Don't don't check your brain at the door. No, 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 no. Jesus said the most important commandment is to love God with all of your heart, all your passion and emotion, all your soul, your, your whole identity, your whole self, and your mind. Bring your intellect, baby, because God invites all of us all of who we are in our totality into a relationship with him. This is Christmas. And it matters 24-7, 365 days a year. But it is a gift that must be opened. It is a gift that has to be personally received and entered into. Now, some people in this room have done that. Some of you have have stepped over that line of faith and said, man, I'm not God. He is, and I'm going to celebrate that. I need Jesus. But a lot of us have never taken that step. Some of us in this room maybe have never chosen to humble ourselves enough to say we need Jesus. We need Jesus the amazing grace of God. I wonder if this Christmas Eve might be just that moment for you. You don't have to pass a test with a certain score. You don't have to you know, get perfect attendance at church for three months or anything like that. You just have to choose to humble yourself and surrender your life to the only one who will never take advantage of your surrender. And just confess, you are God, I am not, Jesus, I need you, I need forgiveness of my sin. Some of you are probably think, whoa, 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 Mac, listen, you don't know where I've been. And that's true, I don't, but he does. And the Bible says that his grace is sufficient. His grace is sufficient. It is enough to cover your sin and accomplish forgiveness. To do for us what we can't do for ourselves. But we have to receive it. We have to choose to respond to that grace initiative and open the gift. And so right now I just wanna invite everybody in this room if you would bow your heads for a moment. If you have opened that gift personally, then I want to invite you to be praying with everything that you've got. But if you're here and you've never opened that gift personally, you've never committed your life to God, why not right now? Why not let this be really the first Christmas of your life? Where where you behold Jesus. If that's you, I want to invite you just to pray in your own words, just silently right where you're sitting, that prayer of commitment, that prayer of surrender, just silently talk to God in your own words and say something like this, just say, Jesus, I need you. You are God and I am not, and so I confess my sin, all of it, and Jesus, I claim your forgiveness." all of it. And I will follow you from this moment forward with everything I have. I pray this prayer in your name. Now listen, I want to ask you just to remain with your heads bowed for a moment. but that prayer, this moment in your life is too significant to hydroplane by. I wanna wanna just say a couple of things. Number one, if you just stepped into that relationship with Christ and surrendered your life, this is the greatest moment of your life And, and it's one that as a church, we wanna offer ourselves to you as a family of faith. And the best way to to let us know that is just to take that Connect card that's in your program tonight. Just right now, right where you're sitting, just take that out. Fill it out and indicate there, I committed my life to Christ this week. And before you leave, on your way out the door, just hand that to one of our ushers. Just hand that Connect card so that we can help, so that we can serve you And then second of all, if you just prayed and committed your life to Christ and you meant it for the first time, as our heads are bowed, would you just raise your hand, just just raise it up over your head for just a moment and hold it up high, do it quietly, but hold it up. Because this is the biggest moment of your life. And as you raise your hand, you stamp this moment both in your life personally, knowing that it's real, but also in the life of this church. Because there's nothing more important to us than this moment in your life and others like it. And so as, a, as an imperfect family of faith, we honor that. Our family tradition is we celebrate that as you put your hands down We like to put our hands together just to tell you, welcome home. Welcome home and Merry Christmas.